Today's episode is brought to you by Sugared and Bronze and Millennialink. Hey, Brett. Jess, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm doing well. I finally took you off block this morning after uh, my addict was coming at me from all angles, my new trading addict. I was like, hey, Brett, it's like addicts. <laughs> it's like addict behavior over there. So to give some background, everybody, Brittany is obviously a very smart businesswoman. Uh, we both love, I think our relationship literally started on just our love for business, talking money, talking different things, right? And Brett's been sort of on me to like, you know, how about this stock? How about this stock and she finally pulled a trigger and like every (laughs) brand new first trade investor she went freaking nuts tell us about it so I so a few weeks ago I was like Jess like which stock should I get I'm thinking about getting Delta and then she of course was like you know like obviously when you're trading money this is real money Mm -hmm. so just like be mindful of that and so I was like yeah true and then I didn't buy and then it shot way up and I was like no way greatest time trade for everybody of all time Brett was and again I want to lay this out there heavy I am not I repeat not a registered broker so this is between two friends talking about stocks nothing I say or Brett says we are pushing people on buys we are not getting in trouble for that again we repeat we are both not registered brokers even though Brittany might at this point think she's a registered broker we are not but we were just here to talk about the fun (laughs) conversation but quick story on that pre-Pfizer vaccine dropping Monday Britt's like what do you think of Delta and I'm like "Ah, I love the airlines I own Delta it's a great trade and she's like ah and you know sat on it for a minute Pfizer vaccine drops it was up what was it 15 percent on that Monday yeah, it was crazy. You were like, well, just let you know, you could lose it all. Like, they could go yes. bankrupt. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, wow. Way to put this in perspective. Let me hold off. And then the next, that day, they announced the vaccine or the next day. And I was like, no way. That that I could have made so much money. And so then we've been just talking, like, just as friends about, like, stocks. And, like, as we read the news for Cake for Breakfast, it really r- relates to the stock market and how businesses are doing. And so um, Jess was talking about, obviously, the movie theaters that she loves and cruise lines. And so then I was looking into Norwegian, <laughs> pulled the trigger, and it is up and up. I bought it at, like, 23-something. Has it traded and- down at all? You bought on... Um- Thursday it ran up Friday even though I thought it would dip because it was up like 10% on your buy again two for two Brittany and I are starting a hedge fund called cake for breakfast like (laughs) her and I time things like I've never seen before but Britt you were like a junkie you were like Friday we're like Jess what's the trade what's the trade I'm like dude we run a podcast (laughs) not hedge fund let's take a breather okay (laughs) it was very exciting I love talking about stocks with you Jess even Trader Joe was like excuse me who are you talking about stocks with it's not me obviously maybe he thinks you're dating another guy no, it's like, well, Jess. And then even my financial advisor called me. He's like, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, just playing with playing my personal portfolio. Don't worry. <laughs> He's like, all right, like we have our planning meeting next week. Let's not put all your money into your personal portfolio. Yeah, that guy's like, worried about okay. losing his job now with your trading <laughs> with your trading track record over there. So anyway. I know. Hey, up to date, I'm up um, over 11% with Norwegian. 11% total? Yeah. Nice. And what are you looking at for your next buy? What's what's sitting what's sitting pretty with you? 
I really want to buy into the Airbnb IPO. Me too. It's coming out, I think, is it $37 or $42? I wanted to talk about that today, but agree. So are you guys trading? Like, I feel like all my friends, especially, and this is what my financial advisor also advised, that so many people have more time on their hands, that the stock market has been pretty crazy this year, mm-hmm. and that people are Volatile. You got to use thinking. the, you got, if you're going to be a trader, you got to right. use the lingo. Miss volatile. <laughs> Very volatile. <laughs> and so he's like, just don't, like, do anything stupid. But I have a lot of friends who've been playing with the stock market and like it's just a fun conversation to have um the more that you're involved do we have a date on airbnb do you know no i don't think they have a date okay. specifically but they're thinking it's gonna run between 40 to 50 dollars a share literally just like uber buy i'm excited i want to buy that one too you know what is the best self-care pick me up during covid getting a spray tan. Do you guys get spray tans? If not, what are you doing? First off, a post spray makes you feel better instantly. It just does. And you don't have to wear face makeup when you have a spray on, which is a huge bonus, especially if you were someone like me who likes to stay in bed until the last possible second in the morning before your Zoom starts. Literally, it's only about $50. I get massages for three times that amount when I'm in a self-care slump. And the good feeling is gone within the hour, unlike a spray which can leave you glowing up to seven days. Okay, so I got a spray last week because I was meeting one of my finance friends for outdoor drinks. This friend in particular is one of those girls who is always done up to the nines, looking polished. And honestly, I've been a bit insecure lately with the weight I put on during COVID and I knew a spray was just the quick fix I needed. Anyway, I showed up and she said how amazing I look. I kid you not, the glowing effect of a tan is no joke. I agree. Spray tans do wonders. At Butini, we always recommend our brides getting spray tans before their big day. And Jess, you and I both go to the same place, the only place I recommend, which is Sugar and Bronze. They are the premier airbrush tanning and sugaring studio in the U.S. With over 13 locations in New York, California, Philadelphia, and Texas, and they're opening up a new location right in my hood in Chelsea in the city. And I'm so excited to be able to walk just a few minutes to get a spray tan. I also saw that they're opening up a new location on the Upper East Side if you live around there. And that's four convenient locations right in New York City. Sugaring is the other service they offer. It's made of three simple ingredients, sugar, lemon, and water. Sugaring hair removal is a gentle, all-natural alternative to waxing, and it's the perfect complement to a sunless tan. Sugared and Bronze is a one-stop shop to prepare for any vacation, special occasion, Zoom date, or to simply feel flawless. If you do not have a holiday appointment booked, get on it. Also, their studios are super COVID safe. I was really impressed with that on my first trip back. Now, I know we have a lot of college girls who listen to the show and may not be able to get a tan done in the studio. And don't you worry, Cake for Breakfast has got you covered. We have a special promo to get the sunless tanning products sent out to you wherever you are. You could use this for grad pictures, TikTok videos, just trust me. We will link the Sugared and Bronze contact info in the episode bios and be sending out some promos on our Instagram page, so stay tuned for those. You can also get more information on their website at Sugared and Bronze, that's S-U-G-A-R-E-D and A-N-D, bronzed, B-R-O-N-Z-E-D dot com. All right. Are you ready for a good show today? Woohoo! Yes. First, we don't have that many shows before Christmas. We only have like six more to go before our Christmas break. It's so crazy. So crazy. We have this week, next week, 
and the week after, and then we'll be off between Christmas and New Year's. We're going to keep you guys staggered, though. We're going to drop one on, like, you know, the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's. We'll drop one episode each of those weeks, just so you don't lose out all the cake in your day. All right, to start the show today, Matthew Perry is engaged. Who's Matthew Perry, Britt? Woohoo! So he is the famous Friends yep, alum. He's Chandler. Who played Chandler, Chandler Bing. Um, he's engaged to talent agent. Also think she's a li- specifically a literary agent, so that means she represents writers. Her name's Molly Hurwitz. I might have that wrong. Hurwitz. She's 29. He's 51. So a bit of an age gap. She's very pretty. She's dated. I saw she dated uh, BJ Novak and a couple other famous guys. So, you know, she has good taste in men. Her and Matthew got engaged uh around thanksgiving of this year and they've been dating for a little over a year i love how the article i was reading were like they spent christmas together last year and that's so true like once you get a christmas under your belt you can see each other's crazy families crazy sides and then you're like we can go into it right (laughs) (laughs) and then you're like okay now we can move on with our life now we can get engaged we can handle each other it's crazy no i agree there's always gotta be one christmas under the belt before you can move forward with somebody um, do you want to do a quick deep dive on the history of Chandler? Because he was sort of a colorful character on Friends. Please. So he was born in the U.S. but raised in Canada, which is kind of cool. He went to like really fancy private schools in Ottawa, had a political family. His mother was the press secretary to former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, who is the dad of our current Prime Minister, Canada's current Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. That's pretty cool that he grew up with such a strong, powerful mom. I thought that too, right? Like, to be the press secretary, yeah, that's, like, a pretty involved, you know, upper government type job. Like, you're, you're definitely involved. And I loved how open she was for him to pursue a very different career, which is acting and definitely more creative than being in politics. Also, some interesting bits about Matthew Perry. So he was cast in Friends at the age of 25, um, which is really young. I thought it was kind of like a sex in the city show where everyone was in their 30s, right? Wow, can you imagine like Jennifer Aniston starting her career on the show at 25 years old? Yeah, she was young too. I think both of them are 25. I feel like Courtney Cox was like 30 and then Lisa Kudrow, like I've never liked her, but she was like 32, like the old one or whatever. Right? <laughs> uh, are you a friends person? Actually, I don't even know. Uh, to be honest, not really. My cousin is obsessed Maggie? with Friends and growing up, she would, yeah. yeah, Maggie would force me to watch Friends and I thought it was cute, but I didn't always find it as funny as Well, let's be honest, else you did. literally started watching Gossip Girl last year, so you're always yeah, a little late a little to the behind. party. I still haven't even watched Sex in the City, so. Yeah, that's crazy, especially for this show, since we are like a Sex in the City show. Come on. <laughs> um, I've watched the movies and like them not, just like not chronologically. Yeah, Maggie would love this bit then, because I feel like Chandler, Chandler and Jennifer Aniston have most, like they had the biggest careers after Friends, and they're both kind of mm-hmm. the ones that everyone loved to chat about. But during season three, he... He came back, dropped tons of weight. He was like the skinniest guy ever. And then I think a season later, he like was humongous. Not hum- but he was a really big guy. But what happened was in, in season three, 1997, he entered rehab for 28 days for a Vicodin addiction after he got in a jet ski accident, I guess, and then started taking Vicodin and was like, this is amazing. Couldn't stop. And that was back in those days when Vicodin, they were like, oh, do you need some more? Like, here, take 30 more, take 30. Now doctors, like, you have to, like, negotiate for, like, three painkillers after something. So I can totally understand that, uh, what happened to him. And then he kind of got better, put on all that weight during the show. Three years after that, he entered rehab again for Vicodin. Methadone, I actually don't know what methadone is. I should have looked that up. Amphetamines, which is, like, Adderall, Ritalin, whatever, and uh, alcohol. So he was, like, in it, you know? Wow. Perry said that between season three and six, he didn't even remember his 
his time on the show. That's so sad because that was probably the peak of arguably his career. Friends is a show that you're still watching today in 2020. And we're talking about him being in rehab in 1997. Mm -hmm. So that's sad to hear that the drugs had such a bad influence on not only him, but like just his career and his memory. And I don't know any of those those drugs i will say uh besides alert, <laughs> but that's sad like i wonder like how he ended up getting clean oh methadone is a narcotic it's like a it's like a percocet or a bike it's another one of those type of drugs it's an opioid so he did appear to get clean and he actually spent a ton of money on opening like all these sober living houses in malibu he even like won a, an award or something so he was like celebrated for it but some scoop like there was also a lot of negative talk around that because I think a lot of people were taking advantage of him. Clearly, if this guy, too, went into rehab two different, at two different points in three years, like, he's not sober, right? So he's clearly still using. But yeah, there was a lot of talk around that. And then people were, like, misusing misusing his money, etc. And then he entered rehab again in 2011. Has he ever been married throughout that time period? Do you know? No, he never got married, but he was, like, dating Julia Roberts. Yasmin Bleeth was his big relationship. Do you remember her from Baywatch? She was super pretty. Yeah. yeah so pretty. Yeah, so he had all the crazy stories with, like, porn stars. Like, there was one with, like, money extortion. <laughs> like, he just really saw it all. I think I told you this before. Wow. When my mom and I were in Beverly Hills uh, on vacation, we saw him at the Beverly hills hotel he like sped away in some super sexy sports car it was really funny did you wave at him my mom like ran out to like look at him it was like cool to see i mean he had literally like a ferrari pull up to the front of a hotel and then he just casually like stepped in and then jetted off with his smoking the whole time like smoking inside the hotel too it was really funny um and then i had another experience with him actually during a visa renewal through vancouver he's dual (gasps) citizen so he must have just been getting stamps or something but him and i he had like two escorts not like his old school kind of escorts like two you know the people out there to like guide him through (laughs) security they were like security with those people who like walk you to where you need to go because you're a celebrity and it was like him and then me and I kept like looking at him like all smiles and he was just sort of like oh no I do not want to talk to anybody (laughs) but it was no I shouldn't say that he was cool did he seem like a nice guy I remember thinking his face looked old and his body looked gaunt like I remember thinking he had like you know that like kind of like long neck people get when they like gained a ton of weight and then lose it yeah, he sort of had that look yes. and then like just bad posture, but in his face looked old. So he looked thinner, but but he still had his he still had his look to him. He still looked like Chandler Bing. That's good. And I'm so happy that despite all the ups and downs that he had throughout his life, he's still worth like 80 million dollars yes. and is now engaged. Yeah. And the girl seems cool. Like she's probably a really smart girl. And I mean, maybe she's saving him. He is selling. Remember, I think we talked about this on the show. He's selling like his glacial pad in Malibu that's like 30 or 40 million so who knows maybe he's trying to save money maybe he's downsizing and she's beautiful like hopefully they'll have some really pretty kids she looks she's not like supermodel like she's not like Victoria's Secret she's like uh Natalie Portman like she looks very smart yeah but she's like an everyday beautiful girl Watch out. Jenny from the block has officially revealed her new skincare line. Britt, I can't do it. I literally can't do another celebrity (laughs) skincare line. And I just like don't know where it ends. But honestly, if I had to choose one celebrity to buy beauty products from, it would definitely be J-Lo. She's 51 years old, has never looked hotter. And this has supposedly been 20 years in the making. Agreed. Uh, 
So she's revealed this and claims, which shocked me as she's launching this new skincare line, she said she's never gotten Botox or needles in her face and she's 51 years Lie, old. Lies. That's not true. There's just no way. You know what? Then you know what I could agree to? JLo is so extra, so fancy. I bet she did like the real deal and got like actual facelifts at 30. There's just no way. Like, look at her skin. I know. I know. That's where I'm like, wait. So what happened was she launches this beauty line. Everyone's excited. And then she got a lot of backlash on her saying that she's never used Botox before. So then she took to Twitter a video and posted it of her wearing no makeup and how excited she is for her line. And honestly, she looks freaking flawless. Yeah, her CD cover or her CD. What am I from the 80s? Her her (laughs) new uh, album album drop. Do you see the picture of her nude with like the oil all over her? Like she looked it's called like in the morning or something. Yeah, I mean, I liked her. One of her philosophies is her mom taught her to use like olive oil on her face and skin and hair versus using like chemicals and like harsh procedures but so then day she must have in fantastic genes or she had to have gotten some kind of work like there's just no way that she's not gotten nothing well her boobs are done for sure like I, i don't know it's just I, I appreciate you made a really good point. There's if there's one person that you'd buy skincare, like don't think makeup guys, think skincare. Like J Lo looks freaking amazing. Like how good did she look at the Super Bowl? She looked outstanding. She really did. But then yeah, so she really did. I'm curious to try it out. Her whole thing was like she grew up with holes in her shoes. She couldn't afford really nice products. And so now that she can, she wants to be able to create a brand that looks very luxurious and really nice, but it is at affordable price point. But to me, it's like how good will these ingredients be if it's going to be that affordable um and my second thought is is she actually going to use these products you know what i always think the same thing like when um lauren conrad dropped her makeup line i was like there's no way she uses her own products and i always wonder that with kim too but because i'm such a hardcore kim stan i think kim does actually use her own products i think her makeup artists do incorporate incorporate it and also but jessica alba uses honest beauty a lot but here is what i want to know from you Britt. What's your prediction on the business of what happens to this line? Give me your like play-by-play thoughts. I think that she's going to have an exclusive with an Ulta or Sephora. It looks very high-end. So like these products look like they could be 40 to $50 just based on the packaging. And I think that they put a lot of money in the packaging and definitely not nearly as much into the actual formula. And it's going to do well because with celebrities, they really can cater to that middle America market that will buy at that price point. But do I think it's going to revolutionize the beauty industry definitely not i like it why doesn't one celebrity come out and say like i'm gonna make the most unaffordable high-end line like no (laughs) one can afford it except for my friends i would buy that i would be would you i'd like save up for the one mascara or something yeah, you're right. Honestly, that'd be interesting because they're all about like Lauren Conrad entered Kohl's with her beauty line. You have Honest Beauty that's very affordable. You have a lot. But the thing is with celebrities, I think people get like people who can really afford luxury probably don't care as much about celebrities as people who are like sitting in front of their TV. And this is like what they look up to and like dream about what it would be to be a celebrity. I think that it's just a totally different market. And I'm sure the mass market is much bigger than having this very luxurious brand i just had a thought of a business idea for the creatives at chanel chanel x kim kardashian kim kardashian does an exclusive line just for chanel users something like that i could see happening oh that would be cool i love collaboration like even the becca cosmetics they did one with jacqueline hill who's like a makeup artist and their champagne 
pop highlighter that everyone is obsessed with and has been for years was through a collaboration. So that would be cool to see very traditional brands partner up with cool celebrities. And more so than a MAC. Because you know how MAC, they'll be like, oh, this is our crazy glam line with like no, Selena no, no. Gomez. It's just like, they, it like more just like Kim Kardashian designed this mascara for... Uh, Chanel specifically. I am hearing feedback from friends and family that I overdo it on Kim Kardashian, and my no- my news to you is it will not be slowing down. Kim just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We are weeks away from 2021. Yes, I said it. We are almost out of 2020, guys. And after this year, we all know that we are living in a tech-driven society. Look at the top three richest people in the world right now. You've got Bezos, Musk, and Gates. And what do they all have in common? They are all tech entrepreneurs. Good tech is designed around people. Even after people start getting the vaccine, no one is going to just be jumping on planes for one or two meetings anymore. Tech interfaces have changed the way we do business. And furthermore, those with the most sophisticated tech platforms shall succeed, not only creating the best products and services, but attracting and retaining the best people. Now let's talk about you. How are you and or your business set up for the new year in terms of product differentiation, supply chain, distribution? Have you found people to help you achieve your new goals? Do you have a people plan set up for your business in 2021 the same way you have a revenue plan? Just know that if you don't, your competitors do. I will be the first to admit I found it overwhelming with my own business, trying to keep up to speed with everything on all tech platforms I'm using. I was trying to do everything myself and work off my calendar and email only. (laughs) Well, for a growing business, that obviously wasn't enough. So I enlisted MillennialLink to help find me an email marketing expert and a social media marketer that understand the various algorithms to help get me organized because your girl needed it. I never even thought of tech as a marketing position, but guess what? Marketing is all driven by good tech. Jess, I totally understand your pain points. I, with Utini, talk and organize work for hundreds of freelance workers on a weekly basis. Then you throw in payroll, marketing, bookings, and I am in over my head sometimes. So I found it helpful working with MillenniLink as well. And my business success definitely reflects that. Some of the things you don't consider when you think of tech is it's a constantly changing landscape. Once you get comfortable on one platform, your customers and competitors are already moving on to another. So as an entrepreneur, I need to be focused on business development, understanding what and why is most important to my customers, and not sitting in the weeds of my business tech needs. That's what MillenniLink is for. I know a lot of people took it upon themselves to start their own businesses amidst the pandemic, and bravo to all the budding entrepreneurs out there. So exciting. If you find yourself in this camp, know that one of the most important things a startup needs to succeed is the right people working for them. This is quoted by like Mark Cuban or some fancy billionaire like him. Unfortunately, to keep costs low, startups don't tend to look to recruitment companies to help them hire, even when they are struggling to find the appropriate talent. However, have you ever calculated the cost of leaving a position vacant or not finding the right person at all? Well, good news. We at Cake for Breakfast have the solution for you. MillenniLink is here to bridge the gap for small businesses that need a partner to help them outsource their digital projects and or get help with tech and digital hiring needs. Reach out to MillenniLink and ask about their small business options and start planning on how you can make 2021 your best and most successful year yet. So shoot them an email or give them a call at 647 
643-6100 or email them at www.millennilink.com slash contact dash us us you will also find all this information in our show's bio all right our next story is an industry that brit mine and your cake for breakfast hedge fund needs to start investigating and that (laughs) industry is cannabis as sales spiked over Thanksgiving weekend in a really big way. So starting the eve of Thanksgiving, you got, you Americans consider that like Wednesday, right? That's your Thanksgiving Eve. Yep. Uh, Wednesday through the weekend, cannabis sales soared 80% according to this leading data aggregator called Akerna. So that would be like a research data firm that sells uh, research and information to hedge funds and investors so they could see sort of what the numbers are at across an industry level. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. So cannabis sales totaled in at 238 million over the holiday weekend. So that's that is nearly 14% above last year. 238 million over a weekend. That's not no money. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah, and you have to think about cannabis comes in many different forms. Like you can get gum with the CBD. So if you're a cannabis newbie like me, I learned that CBD, which gives you the benefits of cannabis without that high feeling that's cbd and then thc is a part that gives you that high feeling both of those together is considered cannabis so far 15 states have legalized recreational marijuana and 35 states allow it for medical use so i mean we're getting there so do we know what the penalties are now or have they changed since it was legalized it feels like such a mosh pit because it's still illegal at a federal level so you can't take you can't fly from new york to or california to new york and be like oh i bought it there like it's still like federally illegal but i mean with kamala harris coming in who's like a big uh pro cannabis proponent and liberal government like who knows what's going to happen next but people are saying like it's they tax marijuana so high that's why honestly a lot of people still use their drug dealers rather than going to buy it from the like madmen dispensaries Yeah, the MedMen, MedMen. Interesting. Yeah, because they tax so high. Um, and interesting enough, one of my friends just started a CPD company and it's supposed to help with sex, sleep, and stress. And she said that even to like have a website where you can sell CPD products, it's a whole process where like uh, Shopify and Squarespace has to approve of you selling. And there's so many, even like Again, legally, no offense, sales gimmick. No, I don't think so. I think that if you find the right products that work for you, it's similar to like a birth control or probiotics. I feel like some of them, you don't feel any effects, but the right ones that are for you, okay, maybe not birth control because you'll know if you're pregnant yeah. or not, but say like a probiotics like or digestive enzyme, you can kind of feel it when you found the right fit. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's an interesting industry um, and it's obviously booming for a reason, but I do think that the barriers to entry right now are very high. Um, but I do think it's going to be a very interesting industry to watch for the next like five to 10 years. All right, well, as the podcast world continues to heat up, Amazon may be entering this market. Amazon may be acquiring Wandry, which is a podcast startup for an estimated $300 million, which would be the largest deal in the podcast industry to date. And why we're familiar with Wondery is they were the company that had the rumored deal out to the Call Her Daddy Girls, to Alex and (gasps) Sophia, pre the breakup. And that was orchestrated by Suitman, who was so I think they broke up by the way I don't know if you still definitely listen. they did they have not posted anything that she's never posted with him she and then I th- there's two things she did say on her podcast 
I am wait. I'm going to do a Superman episode, but I'm going to wait for it. So she might be trying to, you know, her first episode she dropped went number one. Everything else has has charted at like 46. So she must just know how to do it, right? Wow. Uh, but this deal is pretty cool. We've been approached by Amazon a few times about talking to them about moving our podcast to their network, which I which I'm interested in to hear what the deal points are. This and that. I thought that was kind of cool. They're clearly trying to compete with Spotify. Oh, absolutely. So Wondery is currently the world's largest independent podcast producer. If you listen to Dirty John, that's one of their shows. They have over 100 podcasts in their portfolio. And um, other contenders for buying Wondery included both Sony and Apple with a 300 to 400 million dollar price tag. So this just shows if nothing else, like whether they, the deal goes through or not, this just shows that the big guys, like the big tech giants, know that podcasts are here to stay. And that makes me so excited because already in 2020, yeah. it was a hot year for podcasts. But wait, this doesn't make sense. So are you saying that there's over, cause on Apple, there's like thousands of podcasts. Maybe the hundred podcasts is what they produce. Wandry is, what, yeah, exactly. I said it, they're, they're known to be a podcast producer producer no no i know but okay so oh, they produce so the they produced got it, got it. over a hundred yeah, my yeah. bad versus people yes. who could just like throw their podcast up on something yeah yeah and so if you think about it i don't know if it's because people have more time to kill because they're working from home and there's less social plans or less people have cable these days but this is interesting because after you think about Spotify, they bought both Gimlet Media and Anchor for $340 million last year. And now that they have a deal, exclusive deal with Joe Rogan, they now have a deal with Kim Kardashian. Which we haven't like seen yet. We haven't seen. It's not launched yet, but they've spent a lot of money on producing these new shows. And so I'm curious to see what Amazon's going to do if they truly acquire this company. All right, Jess, are you ready for the cake of the day? Yes, ma'am. I chose this one because I am in the process of planning New Year's Eve right now. So I would love to talk this through. Um, one of our listeners reached out and wanted budgeting tips for planning a last minute trip for New Year's Eve. She says, I mentally need a holiday during this break, given the year we've had and many of us have had, but didn't necessarily plan on it. Any tips on how to go about this to make it happen, even though flights and hotels are surprisingly very pricey? I guess my answer for this is I never get what people say by like, can you give me budgeting tips? It's like you either have the money or you don't. You It's like you can't move money around to make a trip better. Like you can either afford a tier trip or you can't afford that tier trip. So stop trying to make something happen that you can't. See, I take it differently because even so like, I mean, it's also like, it's like, what can you control? Like for me, I looked with Trader Joe into going to Turks and Caicos and all the hotels are like triple the price as normal. And so well, it is we decided. The it's still like a haul. It's that's the most expensive time of the whole year. Right. And we know that. But I'm saying like, I actually, we haven't booked our trip either. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you um, with this question. But what I ended up doing was I saw like I looked into the hotels, looked at the price, the flights. I use my points for my flight. So that's like essentially like points. Yes, or currency. But if you can use that, that's one less thing to put dollars. Yeah, on, that's true. Right. Do that. And then I like looked at any upcoming trips I had for this next month in terms of seeing friends or just like out to dinner and just like seeing where I could scale back. And for me, I made a decision to not go out to eat unless it's through like for my business and networking where I can expense it. Until somebody just, calls Brittany up and they're like, espresso martinis like on. Tap. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> there goes that like, budget. As long as, as long 
long as you're buying, I'm in. <laughs> also, Amex, sorry, Amex does offer, um, you can pay for hotels on Amex. You're not going to get like the Ritz, but you could get like the Marriott, like beach vacation version. Even the Chase reward styles, they are, they do offer discounts on a lot of the hotels and the areas that you're looking if you use the Chase Sapphire Preferred. And additionally, I would say that um, Verbo, V-R-B-O, is a similar app to Airbnb. But they have a ton of options. A lot of times, like even for what I've been looking for for our trip, and I've done this with Miami, where like, for example, Fountain Blue, very nice, very expensive hotel. But a lot of these places also have a residential section in them. So I've rented out like a massive like three bedroom suite through Airbnb, but it's within the Fountain Blue. So you get yeah, all the Airbnb hotel amenities, but then it's like a third of the price. So I would highly recommend, depending on where you're going, to look at a situation like that. Um, user points when you can. Um, you know, the more friends you go with, the cheaper it can be. Granted, we are living in a pandemic. So being mindful of that. And, you know, if it is one or two other people, it might be cheaper than just going alone. And also suck it up. It's one, I know I shouldn't be saying this because I'm probably going skiing, but like it's one <laughs> holiday. We're probably getting the vaccine in March. So just one, ho- like sit it out. Hey, if you, I feel like I want sunshine. I'm in your boat. I'm on your team. I'd say just look at your expenses for the next years, like plan through your Christmas, your Christmas, Hanukkah, your holiday gifts and see what you can scale back on your out your dinner plans for the next month. Like look at all of your plans and see where you can scale back and offer maybe to cook for your friends versus going out to eat. Or do you really need to go? Everyone's scaling back. Whatever. You just scale back where you can. Um, and I think the more proactive you are, the more you're going to find pockets of money to then reallocate to the trip. Even the Kardashians canceled their Christmas party, their big famous Christmas Eve party this year. Oh my year. gosh, really? Yeah, they're being smart. I mean, can you imagine yeah. if they tried to host that? That would be a mess. Well, they've they've been getting a ton of bash for everything. Um, yeah. Kim's birthday party and then Kendall's Halloween party. Like they've been having some big big parties kim looks so good i'm like oh, how do i get that how do i get that vibe <laughs> all right play of the day is happiest season oh. happiest season is a new take on a holiday movie kristen stewart and mm-hmm. this girl mackenzie I, davis mackenzie davis i love that actress i actually my friend is friends with her sister which i was like oh my gosh i love mackenzie davis she's in that awkward moment she's miles teller's girlfriend really beautiful tall thin blonde girl so these two are dating or together Mackenzie Davis comes from a very waspy like in the movie she comes from a very waspy old money family and they I think they're like Connecticut looking just like very conservative she has not told her parents she's gay she brings Kristen Stewart home and as in the car she's like I have to tell you something like I couldn't tell my parents I am terrified and you need to come and I told my parents you're my roommate and then Kristen Stewart's like so your parents are going to think that your lesbian roommate is like just coming here because she has nowhere to go she's like oh also I told them that your parents like she made up this huge story and And meanwhile she's planning on proposing to her Kristen Stewart yeah is planning on proposing to and it's cute (laughs) because when they get to the house she's like trying to suck up to the dad she's kind of acting like you think like a dude would act right to your dad like trying to get on his good side and she's doing all that and it was a night there's so many actors in it like uh mary i can never say her last name sternberger she's in um stepbrothers she's the mom such a good actress and uh the girl james franco's brother dave franco's wife ali brie did you ever see that show horses on netflix anyways this is a hulu show 
It's really good. It's worth it. And I, I, I love that, like, you know, generally the holiday themes are always happy yes. and all rooted in love. This is a huge, I think, groundbreaking for the LGBT um, community where they can relate to finally a holiday romance. And it was a good, you know what I mean by it's like a good movie. A lot of times when people take these different directions, it's like, it's just the movie doesn't work. It's not good. This is actually a good movie and I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. All right, everybody, that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to seeing you on Thursday. If you love what you heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe. Guys, we are really trying to get our review numbers up because our download numbers are going up, so we want the reviews to reflect that. It takes literally two minutes. Hit the purple podcast icon button on your phone. It's an app, and just put in a review. You can say, great work, guys. Love the show. Brittany, you're hilarious. Jess, I love you. Whatever you want, just throw us a review. We'll be ever so happy. You can add us on Instagram at girlonthestreet underscore or at Brittany.lo. That's B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot L-O or at Cake for Breakfast podcast. All right, that's all for today. Don't forget to tune in Tuesdays and Thursdays for Cake for Breakfast. And once again, we love our sponsor, MillenniLink. And by using code CAKE, C-A-K-E, as the promo code, you will get 25% off your hiring fees now through Christmas. So just go on to their website, www.millennilink, M-I-L-L-E-N-I-L-I-N-K.com slash contact dash us, U-S, and you will get 25% off those hiring fees. So reach out, get connected, and achieve your hiring goals now.